listening to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe, with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Now alongside Coach Edwards, the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy. It'll be a Pac-12 South Division showdown this coming Saturday night in Pasadena, California, as the Arizona State Sun Devils 3-0 this season, 1-0 in Pac-12 conference play, will take on the 20th-ranked UCLA Bruins, who are also 3-0 on the year and 1-0 in Pac-12 play. Simply put, the winner of this game will take a significant step forward on a journey they hope will ultimately lead to a Pac-12 South title in 2021. We invite you to join us for the next hour as we preview the Sun Devil Bruin game and talk ASU football here on All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. Good evening, everybody. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice of the Sun Devils, alongside of fourth-year Arizona State head coach Herm Edwards. And uh, together, Herm and I welcome to the show. Big game Saturday, Herm. Big game. It's a it's a Pac-12 game, and, and we said that last week. It was a, a another game in the Pac-12, a, a team that was actually in our on our on our side of the division. And um, anytime you play division games inside the Pac-12, um, they're all kind of big. The last time I checked, it's kind of like climbing a ladder. The next step, the next game gets bigger. You win that, the next game gets bigger, and right through to the end of the year. That's exactly right. That's what makes the conference so unique. There's nine. Um, games you're going to play in the Pac-12, kind of, it, it's different than anyone else's conference, to be quite honest. And and you understand that uh, when you play inside the conference, anything can happen. Absolutely. Tonight's show comes your way from the Breezy Lodge at Sasquatch Kitchen and First and Farmer in Tempe. Come on down, enjoy great food, tasty beverages, and some good Sun Devil football talk here at the Lodge. We're here every Thursday night during the college football season at this time. We have a solid guest lineup set to join us tonight. We're excited to have the chance to catch up with a friend from many years ago, a one-time Sun Devil assistant coach in the 1990s under the late Bruce Snyder, and now all these years later back at Arizona State as the Sun Devil's interim defensive backs coach, Coach Donnie Henderson, will join us later on in the show. So, too, will coach uh, two of Coach Henderson's top players in the secondary as the Sun Devils' starting safety tandem of Evan Fields and DeAndre Pierce will drop by for a visit a little bit later on. Should be a good show. Thank you for joining us. This being a program discussing the game of football, we're formatted just like a football game in quarters. So without further ado, on to the first quarter of tonight's show. Welcome to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, the first quarter. And as we say hello once again to Coach Herm Edwards. Uh, Herm, looking at these two teams, a lot of similarities. I just mentioned the records are identical between your club and theirs, and uh, a lot of other uh, interesting similarities. Uh, Both teams good at running the ball, both teams with dynamic dual-threat quarterbacks. What's your overview of this matchup and some of the things about it that really excite you? A lot of similarities. Um, When you think about it, uh, they do have a dynamic quarterback that can make plays um, uh, off schedule, uh, can run. They've got really two big backs, uh, nice offensive line. Um, Defensively now, a little bit different than us. They, They pose a lot of problems in this sense give you a lot of different looks mm-hmm. and bring pressure 46 percent of the time that they're 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 pressuring you they, wow. they want to get you in some bad downs so you play uphill uh they're very good on uh, third down and uh, on defense and, and do a nice job uh, of not allowing a lot of points now they score points now this offense scores about 35 almost 40 points a game defense um, you know plays in a way where they have a lead so they're a little bit more daring at times, you know, right. where they feel like they get you behind the chains and 
make you throw and, and all of a sudden hit the quarterback a lot. They disguise coverages? No, pretty nice job. They really do. And, um, you know, it's a unit that's all seniors. Kind of like yours. Yeah, everyone on their defense is seniors. So it, it, it's a well-oiled well uh, defense, yes. Let's get to the quarterbacks. Uh, boy, what a matchup. Jaden Daniels coming off one of, I thought, his better games uh, as a Sun Devil in last week's win over Colorado. And Dorian Thompson-Robinson, I think, has been the heart and soul of their team uh, through their 3-1 and one start this year. It all revolves around the quarterbacks. It, it really does. And, and, and you have two unique ones in the sense that uh, both of them have the ability to uh, extend the play with their legs. And that's the worrisome part uh, for us. You know, defensive, you got to corral him in. When we think about our last game, we played him here, actually. Um, he, he had a couple runs on us. You know, he, he left the pocket. And, and so you got to make sure you keep him in there because if not, he can he can make some plays with his legs. And how about the game Jaden had for you last week? Seven carries, 75 yards, threw for well over 200 yards, ran for a couple of scores. And the best thing Jaden did, he, he listened to my advice. He started sliding. He did? <laughs> yeah, sliding. I noticed that. We don't want to get hit. We, we don't want to get hit. So he has to but, yes, he made some, some nice plays, and he made some nice throws. He really did. He, it seems he, like the throwing part of it is just starting yeah. to come together a little bit, both pitchers and catchers, right. your receiving group. Exactly. I think he's more familiar with the guys, and, and, and it's fun to watch when they, when they start getting in rhythm, throwing the ball, and that helps us in our run game as well. Herm mentioned uh, the running backs. Uh, both these teams good at running the ball. Arizona State second in the Pac-12 in rushing, averaging 212 yards per game on the ground. UCLA right behind them, fourth in the league, averaging 194 yards per game. Their top two backs, interestingly, D1 transfers. Britton Brown, who came in his second year at UCLA after starting his career at Duke. And then they've got a guy, Herm, in this kid, Zach Charbonnet yes. uh, from Michigan. He's been terrific. He's the number two rusher in the Pac-12. He's averaging nearly eight yards per carry so far this season. And when you have good backs like that, and Chip Kelly's offense, they're always going to be good at running the football, aren't they? Yeah, and I think sometimes, you know, people think of Chip Kelly and you think of all those years he was up in Oregon, right? And The spread option <laughs> right, and, and all, all that, that stuff. stuff. I tell you what, he's going to run the football. That's what they do. They run the football. They really do. He does a nice job, and uh, he's a really good football coach. He knows what he wants to do. He has a he has a good way of calling offensive plays. You know, they they get you going, and they make some first downs, and and they don't huddle up. They run to the ball, and, and you know, and, and do that. And he's daring too. Fourth down is is a regular down for him. He it's, combined both of those traits at one point in the Stanford game last week. They had a fourth and in inches. And he went tempo on him, yep. hurried to the line of scrimmage, ran the play, and they got a big first down. And he's done that. He, he, we played him last year here, and he, he went for two of them, you know, a fourth down situation. So they'll go for it on fourth down. Speaking of chips, uh, hopefully you'll get your chip uh, back with uh, Diamante Chip Trainum. Hopefully ready to rejoin uh, his buddies Daniel Ngata and uh, 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 Rashad White in your running back uh, trio. So yeah. you got three good ones. Yeah, and that's good to see him back running and, and having a smile on his face. He, he's had a bad disposition for about two weeks <laughs> or three weeks, however long he's been out, right? In three weeks, yeah. He's been waiting to, to get back, and it'll be fun to watch him play again. What will his return mean to your running game, to your offense, to your team? He brings a different element because he's a big, powerful back. You know, he, he can slam in there and, and, and make hard yards uh, when you have to push the pile. And, and he has good enough speed when he gets open. It's funny because people think he's so big, but he can run. I mean, once he gets in the open, he can he can run now. How do you like their de- uh, UCLA's defense? 
I, I like them. I, you know, I, I think it's a veteran group. Uh, they got a big front. Uh, linebackers are, are sometimes smart. they only play two down linemen. Yeah, right? they, they do a lot of things now, and and they try to confuse you. Uh, the, the key is if they can make you have negative plays early, they put you in some third and long situations, and then they bring pressure. And it's coming from everywhere. Probably the guy you got to watch out for UCLA, and they've got some good players on defense. Twenty four, the strong safety. He, he's a really good Knight. Yeah, he's a really good player. Good player. We saw him a couple of years ago, I think, when he played for Kent State, mm-hmm. and uh, before that. He was at the University of Maryland. We'll talk more about the UCLA game later, but let's circle back to Saturday night, your Pac-12 opener, 35-13 win over Colorado. And considering uh, not only the loss the previous week, but the way you lost at BYU, how important was it to play the kind of game you did against Colorado last Saturday? Well, it was important in the fact to, to, to win at home uh, and not to, to lose two games in a row, uh, but to clean it up a little bit. And, and the fouls weren't as it weren't as you know, it, it, it didn't become a part of the conversation of the football game, yeah. right? And when anytime fouls become a conversation, that's that's never good. And and I think the players took it at heart, worked and, and did a nice job of really just looking like the team we wanted to become. Right on offense, defense, and in special teams. So that that, that was a good thing. Yeah, the, that seven penalties for ninety yards, and yet you cut your penalties more more yeah. than in half from yeah. the preceding game. Uh, you know, and it, a lot of them were on special teams. Yeah, too. we had we had about four, three or four more special teams. The offense only had one foul. You know, and, and, and the defense had a couple had a couple holding calls. But other than that, it was a pretty clean game. And you're going to get some fouls. I mean, look, we, you want to play perfect. You, you want to keep it under, you know, five or six if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, they they weren't fouls that hurt us, you know. And, and so they were competitive fouls. They weren't they weren't fouls where the ball hadn't moved. Mm-hmm. Those are the focus fouls. Those are the ones that get you. Right, right. Do you like the balance that you're getting offensively right now? I do. I think our passing game picked up last week, which was good, and we have to continue to build on that because people are going to stack the box. They're going to stop us, try to stop us from running. So there's going to be some one-on-one situations where Jay's going to throw the ball, and uh, you know we'll get that this week. I mean, we're, they're going to not allow us to run. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. And then put us in some unique situations where they can kind of, you know. Disguise the coverage and bring pressure on Jaden. So it's going to be interesting that our running backs this week really have to help pick up the protection. And I was talking with Ricky Pearsall the other day, and he was saying it's important for the receivers to be able to win their one-on-one matchups and uh, get open for Jaden to get them. Yes, that's exactly right. And and, um, against a veteran secondary, so this will be a good matchup for us. As far as uh, running the ball, Sun Devils last week, four rushing touchdowns against Colorado. That means now Arizona State has 29 rushing touchdowns in the last seven games, and that is the most of any school in the FBS in their last seven-game span. Is this, this is the identity you've always wanted to have your offense, your offense have, isn't it? Well, that, you know, it goes back to, to football. It's, uh, you throw the score, you run to win. You have to be able to run the football, and it, and it travels. It doesn't take a lot to run it. It takes a lot of coordination with your offensive line. You have to have two good running backs. But I think when you run the ball, you have an identity. And um, you you talk to any defensive coordinator, the first thing he's always going to tell you is, i got to stop the run. He just do. That's how defensive-minded def- people are. Every one of your defensive players we interview ever during the season for four years, first thing they say, Stop, stop the, run. the run. Just stop the run. Just yeah. stop the run. You know, and, and so you can make an offense predictable when they have to throw the football. Because a lot of things happen when you throw the football. Remember, 
quarterback gets it in his hand, then it leaves his hand. It's in the air. It's a free ball. It doesn't belong to anybody. <laughs> when you run, you just turn around and you give it to the back. He has it, right? But when you throw it in the air, anything can happen. Didn't former Texas coach Daryl Royal once say there's three things that can happen when you throw the ball and two of them are bad? Two of them are bad, really bad. <laughs> yeah. I had an interesting quote I wanted to get your thoughts on this week. One of the reasons why your running game is working so well, you have good backs, as you said, but the blocking of your offensive line has been terrific. But your tight ends and your wide receivers, and we've talked about this on virtually every show this year, but it's just so compelling how good your wide receivers are blocking for your run game. And I was talking to John Stivers, one of your tight ends, the other day, and John had an interesting comment. He said something to the effect to me that if you have – if you have wide receivers who are getting pancake blocks downfield, and Johnny Wilson, he said, is a guy that has been regularly getting pancake blocks downfield, but if you have wide receivers that are blocking like that, John told me that says a lot about the culture of your program. I thought that was a really profound comment. And he makes a good, he, 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 he makes a good statement in the fact that um, that's what team's about. It's not about stats. you know. And, and I think sometimes when you're a receiver – you look at these teams that, that throw 50 passes and you, you, know, you want all these, I want passes, I want, you know, you, you'll get your opportunities. Mm-hmm. And, and if you look at it, I think the thing that's helped us is that if you're a receiver here, you don't have to catch 70, 80 passes. We had three receivers drafted here and none of them caught over 50 passes. Right in a yeah, season, yeah. And so, so it, you, just be a good football player. Just yeah. and, and, and the scouts look at everything. They look at how you catch the ball, how you block, are you a team guy? And we don't have selfish players, which is good. I thought Merlin Robertson had one of his better games on Saturday. He, uh, I think, he had nine tackles, five of them solo, one behind the line of scrimmage. He was all over the field. He really was, and really was dialed in, uh, focused. And you know, this was a team. When you think about Colorado now. <laughs> I was 0-2. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I was right. 0-2. That's right. Against Colorado, right? And so it was kind of one of those games. I said, 0-2 is not good. <laughs> we got we got we got to flip the script a little bit. And so it was fun to, to finally beat them and and, and uh, win, a, win, a, win a game at home and, and, and enjoy what it feels like to win. You know, yeah. after we lost the game, it was like, oh, boy. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a difference when you lose one and you win one. There's, there's a sure different is. feeling you have. Sure is. Game day like it's the only day with an ice-cold Coors Light, an official beer of ASU made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Lots more to come on tonight's edition of All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. Interim ASU secondary coach Donnie Henderson will visit with us later in the hour. But up next, two of Coach Henderson's secondary mainstays will join us as we'll talk with starting safeties DeAndre Pierce and Evan Fields. First, though, we're going to take this time out here on the Sun Devil Radio Network. Let's start the second quarter of All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. Sun Devil fans, have you heard about Return to Chill? This is your chance to instantly receive two Sun Devil football tickets to an upcoming game and to be included in a grand prize drawing for a VIP experience at the ASU U of A game, Saturday, November 27th. Stop by any Circle K to pick up a 12-pack or larger of Coors Light or from the Blue Moon family and get all the details. Forks up. Welcome back to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. I'm Tim Healy, your host, inviting you to come on down and join us here at the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen at First and Farmer in Tempe. Time now to meet tonight's guests on the show, and our two-player guests are the two fellows who are the last line of defense for Arizona State. 
The Sun Devils, two starting safeties. One is the hardest-hitting player, one of the hardest-hitting players in the Pac-12, an honorable mention all-conference pick a year ago when he was the Sun Devils' top tackler on the season and had a remarkable 17-tackle performance at USC. He's a senior from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, and we're delighted to have strong safety Evan Fields on the show tonight. How you doing, Evan? Good to see you, buddy. Good to see you. Welcome back. Our other guest tonight, the Sun Devils starting free safety, a young man who got this season off to a great start with an interception on the third play from scrimmage against Southern Utah, led to a touchdown a couple plays later. He was an honorable mention all-Mountain West Conference player at Boise State before transferring two years ago to Arizona State, where he now gets the chance to play on a defense that is coordinated by his dad, Antonio Pierce. Say hello to ASU senior free safety DeAndre Pierce. How are you, DeAndre? I'm doing good. How about you? Good to see you, bud. Let's start with you. Talk about the process that led you to come on down from Boise State, a really good program, and uh, rejoin your dad and play for him at Arizona State. Yeah, uh, I was going into my last year, into my senior season, and I kind of really had to sit back and evaluate kind of my career at Boise. And I think going into the next level, you know, guys like my dad, Coach Herm, Coach Marv, um, guys that have been at the top uh, for the longest and have done it uh, at the highest level. And so I just felt like it was the best place for me to come here. And the added bonus you get to play for your dad. What is that experience like for you? What's it like for him? It's got to be really, really special, yeah. something you'll think back on the rest of your life. Yeah, it's definitely a, one of a kind, unique experience. Um, I say the biggest thing, I think, with me and my dad on the field is, um, you know, I've kind of heard him around football the whole time. So the terminology that he uses, the way he talks, um, you know, I kind of grew up hearing this. So, you know, when I hear it now, it's kind of like second nature. So uh, it really allows me to play faster and kind of just help the rest of my teammates out there. Is dad tougher on you than he is on the other guys? <laughs> no, nah, he's, he's tough on everybody he treats everybody the same so you know uh, he gets on everybody they, i think they could say that what was that that, that famous phrase some one player asked uh, was asked about vince lombardi and the and the answer was oh he treats us all the same just like dogs <laughs> you know so it's but he's but he's doing a good good job with your defense yeah he's doing he? a great job evan let's talk about you how do you feel the defense has progressed through the first four games of the season uh you know we've uh obviously our older group so you know we've had some experience and um this is our second year in the defense so i feel like we've come along you know we've had uh things we can work on but our coaching staff has done a good job of like making us uh putting an emphasis on things that we need to do better and we try to you know take what we learn in the meetings and try to put that on the field you said this is the second year of this defense what are some of the things you like most about playing in this defense um well, we play a lot of men, so, you know, you got your cats, so that's that just kind of simplifies everything. You just got to stare at your dudes. So, um, and then, you know, we play to our leverage. You know, we got we know where our help is. Uh, and then as far as our run, you know, we got a lot of guys up front this year. Definitely, I think that uh, that has been seen a lot that are able to take care of the run. So we can kind of handle things back there, and it kind of works together, you know, when they start uh, passing. And then we got good coverage on the back end. They got a good rush going on, and then it all just – plays all good how significant was that colorado win bouncing back after the byu game oh yeah definitely you know we we didn't play the way we wanted to the byu game and um we wanted to you know as a team we're not gonna let one one game define anything for us so uh i think it was all a mentality we all had the mentality that we were gonna get back and do things the way we know we can and uh we i think we haven't even seen our uh, our brightest yet i think we're still best is still to come sun devils held colorado to 67 passing yards in that game it's the second time this season they've held an opponent under 100 passing yards 
Uh, the first time since 2012 an ASU team has done that. In fact, DeAndre, your team now fifth nationally in pass defense on the season, allowing an average of just 124 yards per game through the air. What do you think have been some of the key factors in enabling your defense to put those numbers up? Um, I think kind of like Evan said, you know, I think first thing as a defense, you know, we always try to play smarter than the other team, always playing smart, fast, and physical. And so, you know, when everybody's kind of out there doing their job, the DBs were covering, the D-line's getting after the quarterback, you know, a lot of the times, you know, they get a great pass rush, get a sack. Other times, you know, we're able to stay on our guys long enough for them to get uh, to the quarterback after, you know, so long. So I think like Evan was saying, just with our D-line and DBs playing hand-to-hand, you know, we kind of balance out pretty well. It's kind of like complimentary football. Every unit on the team kind of leads into and helps the other units perform, don't they? Yes, sir. Um, Talk about the experience, DeAndre, that you guys have in the secondary. Four seniors across the board starting for you. Yeah, I mean, I I think the kind of like you said, you know, all of us being seniors, being in college football for so long, you know, there's a lot of things that we all have seen numerous of times. And I think a lot of us see football the same way. When we're out there, we talk the same language. And so everything is kind of like flowing naturally. You know, we're always, everybody's kind of always one step ahead. We we know what we're trying to do and what we're trying to get accomplished. So I think just kind of with all of us being so like-minded and with the skill set we have, it just, you know, plays out like how we want it to. And Evan, uh, you get two of your guys back. Uh, Marcus Davis actually returned last week, I think, against Colorado. And Chase Lucas was down because of the concussion he suffered against uh, BYU. Hopefully he'll be back this weekend. What does it mean to get those fellows back and to have a full complement of your DBs? Oh, it's great. You know, having depth is uh, always a key because, I mean, receivers, they, they rotate in and out. So now we got the ability to, you know, to keep our – uh, keep us fresh and you know uh, we got a lot of chemistry playing with each other so it'll be good for us all to be out there together you know and our this is what we've been uh, kind of what we all came back for is to play together and you know do everything we can to help the team win and Chase is one of your leaders isn't he talk about uh, the importance of just having him back on the field I, I think he's done a great job I've been like here with Chase since uh, my freshman year so wow. I kind of seen him you know you guys have kind of grown up grown together, up together so yeah. yeah so just to see him step into this leadership role and do it so well uh, I mean it makes me like real proud of him man you have Chase on one side Jack Jones on the other opponents don't really want to throw at either guy do they oh no yeah you got to pick your poison on both of them and like when both of those guys are dialed in and doing things right as well as all of us I think um, it's going to be tougher teams to make plays on us deandre big game this week against ucla it's got to be fun you're you know you grew up played at long beach poly i think for your dad and uh you're one of many southern california kids going back to play in your hometown uh, your thoughts on that aspect of the game and playing the bruins in the rose bowl oh uh, yeah you know i mean it's a unique opportunity for me obviously because coming from boise state you know you don't get the chances to play kind of at usually especially at such a stadium like the rose bowl you know growing up you always hear about the rose bowl so obviously going in there is going to be a great environment but you know we're there for a mission we're there to uh, get a job done and so you know that's really our mentality going into this that's really important, isn't it? Uh, talk about because a lot of the a lot of the times you worry about the kids from LA getting the distraction of you know playing in front of family or meeting with family and friends. Has that been something the coaches have stressed to you this week that this is a business trip? Uh, I mean, yeah, they stressed it too. But I mean, I think us as players, we've stressed it ourselves. I mean, kind of like what Evan just said. You know, we all came back for a reason, and it wasn't just to be kind of to be mediocre. You know, we're coming back for the Pac-12 and for the Rose Bowl, and so you know, hopefully, we can go out there and handle our business, and you know, hopefully, make a trip back soon. What kind of challenges, Evan, will the UCLA offense pose for you? Uh, you know, uh, as Coach said, they want to run the football as much as, like, they do a lot of motions and shift, but when it all comes down to it, they want to run the ball. So that's the first thing we got to focus on stopping. And um, they got their guys, uh, number 85, number 2, they got their guys that get throw to, and a lot of their plays are, are meant for the 
to get open. So uh, we just got a, a good job of making sure everybody just does their job each play. And uh, if they try, you didn't make the play. Now, Evan's doing a good job. He's testing me here because my job is to know the numbers and who those guys are. And you said 85. That's Greg Dulcich, the tight end. Mm-hmm. And number two is their wide receiver, Kyle Phillips, who is a really good punt returner in addition to being yeah. a receiver. They're, they're a couple of big weapons. What are the challenges that DTR poses as a mobile quarterback? Uh, always with a mobile quarterback is just that threat of uh, him getting out of the pocket and, you know, being able to plaster to your man during coverage because he can extend plays. So you got to make sure when the coverage breaks down that, you know, you plaster your guy because he can stretch the play out with his legs. And as well, he can make stuff happen when he crosses the line of scrimmage as well. So yeah. we got to do a good job of, um, you know, tackling him in open space and uh, try to keep him in the pocket. DeAndre, how does it help you guys to go against Jaden Daniels in practice every day? You're going up against a quarterback with the same skill set as Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Yeah, exactly. So we've, we've been seeing that kind of all spring and all fall camp and even now during the season. And so and kind of like you see on the, uh, in the games you know, with Jaden running, he does that a lot in practice too. So it kind of really makes you be accountable for the quarterback and make sure everybody has their eyes on him. And, you know, when he takes off, we got to have guys that are ready to pull him up. DeAndre, uh, let's talk about uh, your position coach, uh, Coach Henderson. We're going to hear from him in a few moments. Uh, he has a long, you know, former, you know, formerly coached here many years ago. A lot of background in the NFL. What are some of the things you've learned from him this year? Uh, I mean, for one, he's been, he's been the NFL coach, I think, for like o- over 40 years. So, I mean, he's been coaching twice as long as I've been born. So, I mean, I really don't think there's anything that he can tell me that would be wrong because obviously, I mean, I said me and the DB star, we've seen a lot of football. You know, he's seen way more football than us. So, you know, I know everything that he tells us, uh, you know, obviously he's seen it from experience probably multiple times. So, you know, whatever he tells us, we trust it, we believe in it. And then when we go out in the field, we execute it. How about you, Evan? Oh, yeah, same as Yonder said, you know, all the knowledge he carries, you know, you got to kind of be a sponge when he's talking. Um, I try to do a good job of, like, just writing stuff down and little stuff he says because uh, there's tips, you know, that I haven't heard in my college career that he's had, like, as far as with leverage tools or even just, you know, things, just tips, you know, that can help you out on the field. And uh, the way he uh, explains the scheme to us, you know, he's done a good job stepping in, like, right on the spot. So um, I'm overall thankful that he's uh, been there to help us. What a difference a year makes. Can you remember last year you played UCLA in an empty stadium, Sun Devil Stadium, as your only home game of the year? And now, Evan, you're going to take the field at the Rose Bowl Saturday night, you know, 50,000, 60,000 fans cheering, and a lot of them Sun Devil fans in a big game. Can you just put into context the difference last year to this year? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, the fans, being with the fans out there, that just brings a lot more excitement. I could tell that from the first game, even back in our uh, Sun Devil Stadium this year. So, uh, you know, going back to the Rose Bowl with a, a full a full stadium, it's going to be exciting. Uh, and I think our our guys, our team, we're ready for the task. You know, we've been in this kind of situation before, some of the older guys. So uh, we're just going to go out there and play our game and execute our game plan. How about you, DeAndre? It's got to be really exciting for you going back home with a chance to go 4-1 and and 2-0 and in the pack. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously it is exciting, but at the end of the day, like I said, it's an opportunity. You know, we it's the Pac-12 South game. It's big for us, and, you know, like I said, it's the reason why we all came back. So uh, I, I, a lot of us are from there. It's exciting, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's still, we're going in there to complete a job. Great insights from both of you fellas. Appreciate your joining us tonight. Evan Fields sure. and DeAndre Pierce, the Sun Devil starting safeties, our guest tonight on All Aboard. Presented by Coors Light. Game day like it's the only day with an ice-cold Coors Light, an official beer of ASU made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Up next, we'll catch up with a past and current member of the ASU football coaching staff, 
as interim Sun Devil secondary coach Donnie Henderson will join us. You're listening to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. Now this timeout on the Sun Devil Radio Network. This is All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, the third quarter. The Lodge in Tempe will be the home once again this season of Arizona State football coach Herm Edwards' weekly radio show, All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. That's where we are as we speak now with tonight's show. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play broadcaster for Sun Devil Football, and your host this evening. Glad you joined us. Our guest on this segment is a gentleman who's very familiar to longtime Arizona State football fans from 1992 to 97. He coached Sun Devil safeties and defensive backs on the staff headed by the late Bruce Snyder and was part of Arizona State's memorable run to the 1996 Pac-10 Championship and a trip to the 97 Rose Bowl. Later on, he went on to have a long and distinguished career coaching in the National Football League, including a stint as Herm Edwards' defensive coordinator with the New York Jets and also helped coach defensive backs on the Baltimore Ravens team that won the Super Bowl in January 2001 with one of the best defenses of all time. Now, all these years later, he's back at Arizona State and is serving as the Sun Devils interim secondary coach in 2021. It is a pleasure to have Coach Donnie Henderson back in Tempe and back at ASU. So good to see you again, partner. It's been a while, huh? Glad to see you. Hey, thanks a lot for all that. You know, yeah, well, I paid you a lot of money to say all that. You certainly did, and uh, it was money well-earned, I should say. Uh, what's it like for you now being back at ASU after all these years? Well, it's been good. Um, having the opportunity to come back, I talked to him probably about, I don't know, four or five years ago, and I said to him, if you ever have an opportunity to hire a guy, bring me on in some, in some type of capacity. And, uh, you know, it worked out for me, so that's I'm here now. It's fantastic. Uh, reflect back, if you would, on your first tour of duty coaching Ooh. here from under Bruce Snyder from 92 <laughs> to 97. You had worked with him at Cal, I believe, that's before correct. you came here. Uh, what are some of the things you remember most about that, that stint in those well, years? Well, you know, I, I go further back with Bruce. I, I played for Bruce at Utah State. Oh, okay, yeah. uh, so I was there in the 70s with him, and then um, he moved on, and I moved on and, and tried to chase my dream in the NFL. It wasn't very good. Um, then all of a sudden he had a chance to come back and coach in, 90, in excuse me, 82. And I started then and uh, went from there, Utah State to Idaho, Idaho to Cal, and that's why I hooked back up with Bruce in 1992 or 90, and then we came here in 92. Right. The experience with Bruce was <laughs> was one of those, you know, love and hate at times. Mm-hmm. Bruce was very, very tough on us, um, tough on the kids. He was trying to lead um, as a leader. He was, he was one of those guys, as you well know, that everything had to be in place. And when it was out of place, he, he would uh, – discipline wasn't just discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a coaching staff that had been with him a long time, so they knew Bruce. They started with him at Utah State, and they moved on with him at, at Cal, and then one came here. Um, the thing I remember most about him, and, uh, you know, sometimes I think about him, um, excuse me, he loved football. Yeah. He was a good man. He was a good man. We lost him in uh, 2009, I think it was, uh, to skin cancer. And that 96 season was one for the ages. What, what do you remember most about Ooh, that uh, 96 We had a pretty season? good team. Uh, you know, we had some seniors. We had Jake the Snake. 
And uh, had we should have won the Heisman that year, by the way. Yeah, right? yeah, we uh, had a good defense. Um, had some kids that we evaluated. They wasn't the five star kids. They was more of the two and three star kids. Mm-hmm. But they loved football, and and the football was their life. And the thing I remember most is when we went to the Rose Bowl that day. And and we'll go back there. The atmosphere. Yeah. It wasn't too big for us. It really wasn't. No. You know, we had played and beat Nebraska. Um, beat them, I don't know what it was, 11 to nothing or something like that. 19 to nothing. 19 to nothing. But who's counting? Yeah. yeah. And uh, we went on a roll, and the next thing you know, we're sitting there uh, 11 and 0. And I tell everybody in my mind, we're playing for the national championship. Oh, you, there's uh, I really, no question. I really believe that. There's no question. I really believe that. I really believe we're playing for the national championship. If you had won the game, you would have been the national champion. That's we, a fact. Well, I mean, you know, know we would because Florida had a team, too, that year. And uh, we might have shared it, but we really felt we were playing for the national championship. Yeah, I, I, I think and, it would have been, yeah. And we had an opportunity. That, that, that's what's so interesting. We had an opportunity, and Jake took us back, and, and we went down, and we scored. And, and then the next thing you know, um, I have this memory that one of our DBs, DBs, hey, guys, you know them DBs, <laughs> uh, you know, had bad eyes, Coach. You're talking about the clean eyes? They ran the pivot on one guy, came back, and next thing you know, and he was a freshman. Mm-hmm. Right? Courtney was a freshman. Yeah, yeah. And we threw him out there. And, uh, Courtney Jackson. Courtney Jackson, and, and he ran the little pivot on him. And big Boston, David Boston. Yeah. Yep. For, future yeah. Cardinal. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, big guy. Yeah. Big guy. And uh, the dreams went down that night. Yeah. It was, a, it was a game for the ages. It didn't have the right outcome for the home team, but uh, it was a memorable game. And I'm wondering, as you go through your career, Donnie, what, is it, what did it mean to you or what does it mean to you to have been on a coaching staff and had the opportunity to have one of the players on your team be Pat Tillman. Well, <laughs> that's another story, huh? To have Pat around, and, and everybody knows Pat for who Pat is or was, mm-hmm. Pat was very special. Um, loved football, could articulate his thoughts. I, I can tell you a little story about at that particular time when he was a freshman, I was in charge of the freshman and orientation. So what we had to do, we had we went up to Tunnel Zona and we'd bring all the freshmen up and they'd sit at this table and Bruce would be on the other side and Bruce would talk to them about their ambitions and what they wanted to do. Well, Pat said something. Well, Bruce said to Pat, hey. Um, I think I know this story. Yeah, you probably heard yeah. it. He said to Pat, he says, you know, we want you to go ahead and get red-shirted and, and guess what, have a good time. And, you know, four years from now, you, you know, you'll start and go on your career. Well, Damian Richardson was also at that table at the time. I had both of them. So Damian had said, yeah, Coach, I understand. No problem. Well, when Pat spoke, it was like, here we go. <laughs> well, Pat simply said to Coach, he says, yeah, well, Coach, he says, Coach, I, I understand you got your ideas, and uh, you, you're probably right, but I got my ideas. Uh, he says, you can redshirt me if you want to, but I'm only going to be here three and a half years. And that's all he was, three and a half years. Wow. And Bruce looked at him yeah. like, you know, because no, most guys didn't say that to Bruce, but Pat <laughs> – Pat was a little different, man. And that was his plan, and that's what he did. That's what he did. And he finished his career the year after the Rose Bowl was the Pac-10 Defensive Player of the Year in 1997. You know what, now, to tell you a little story, he he started with me as a defensive back. Mm -hmm. But he couldn't get on the field. So we moved him to Bill, a Will linebacker, where he could run and hit. Well, he took off then. That made his career. Made his career. Now here you are all these years later back uh, as the interim defensive backs coach. Uh, what was the transition period like when you took over with those kids this summer, Donnie? Well, you know, it hit me um, August 9th to be exact. 
And once I got on the bike, I always talk about getting on the bike and trying to fill your weight. Well, I was on the bike. I was a little, a little shaky now. <laughs> you know, the wheels wasn't pumping very fast. I was trying to get going. Uh, then the week, you know, these two guys right here made it made it easy though. These these are two one of the smartest kids I've ever been around, and athletic. And and let me tell you something about those two right there. When they say they know what they're doing, they know what they're doing. They, they made my job a lot easier. By the second week though, I thought I was back on. You know, I I got back on the bike and things mm-hmm. was coming. And, and uh, I tell them little stories. And they look at me like I'm crazy, but that's okay. Um, yeah. Now where I'm at now, uh, I feel good. Um, thanks to that guy right there, you know he, him and I, him and I go back. You Pointing know, he, to Coach Edwards. Oh yeah, Coach Edwards. Radio now, listener. one thing about it is, he knows football. He hired me to be a defensive coordinator. He gave me an opportunity way back in the day. But what people don't realize, I've been knowing him longer than that. When I was when I was a young kid coming up in this business, Herm was Herm was uh, probably at San Jose State. No, Herm was coaching at Kansas City. And I used to call him up and say, hey, can you send me some of your tape? He would send me some cover two stuff, cover four. Well, they didn't play cover four back then. Cover three. I used to use it. That's when it started for me. I, I called him and said, send me some tape. And he sent it to me. Wow. And uh, when he gave me the opportunity to be the defensive coordinator, I couldn't have worked for a better guy. No doubt about it. That was with the Jets. That right? was with the Jets. Mm-hmm. And uh, thanks, Coach. And now back here after all these years, and you you work. You mentioned DeAndre and Evan, but you have two senior starting cornerbacks, mm-hmm. Chase Lucas, Jack Jones, mm-hmm. a veteran guy like Tamarcus Davis uh, backing them up, Jordan Clark and Nickelback. You've got a veteran season group. How do you feel about your overall play in the secondary, Donnie, through four games? Well, through four games, we've, we've done a pretty good job. You know, you, you're talking about the stats just a minute ago, but realistically, we, you know, we stopped the run, number one. And once we stopped the run, we've played some teams that really – not very good throwers, let's be honest. Um, but at the same time, these guys got to cover. And they've done a great job of covering the receivers and knowing the schemes and understanding concepts. And uh, for these guys as a group, that's you know, I call them the fearsome fivesome. You know, there's five of them, mm-hmm. five seniors. And they, they play together well. When they're, they got great chemistry. They know football and they talk football. And, that, and that's what's important when you're a defensive back. You got to be able to communicate it. And these guys do it very well. Boy, having a veteran group is such a such a bonus, isn't it? Oh, yeah. They make it a lot easier now. We got some young kids in there, and we all look at them sometimes, and we go, we just listen to them talk, and we just, ooh. But then when you hear the seniors, the guys that's been around, you know one thing, they know football, and mm-hmm. we're all in the same boat at times. How do you feel about the potential of those young kids, the guys who will be the new wave when mm-hmm. uh, these fellas are gone? You have players like, like Jordan Clark, Mason Williams, Tommy Hill, Isaiah Johnson, Ed Woods, R.J. Reagan, a lot of young talent in the secondary. How do you feel about their potential? Well, the one thing about potential, you've got to give them a chance to perform. And uh, we, we're giving all of them an opportunity right now to see and have an ability to uh, evaluate them. Those four or five guys you've talked about, they all have some special qualities about themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to take them a little time, and, but that's, you know, you've got to play them. And uh, Coach and, and AP, they're not afraid to play young guys. And, and if we can play them and they can get better and mature as you get going down the season, you know, you never know when you're going to need them. Yep. Your thoughts on this game and this matchup with UCLA coming up on the Saturday night? Well, the first thing, you know, everybody talks about, you've got to stop the run. I mean, they have so many gadget runs, and they, they run the ball downhill, and they're on the perimeter with the option, and 
you know, then all of a sudden they got the RPOs with the passes. But when you really look at them, when you really get it down to it, you got to stop the run. And if you can stop that, make them one-dimensional, and then we can cover the routes with these guys. I already know what the, some of the concepts are. We should be, we should feel pretty good. Do you ever show the kids your Super Bowl ring from the Ravens? Nah, I don't know if I've ever shown them that. Huh? No. What, what was that experience like? I mean, that was that was one of the all-time great defenses. Ray Lewis, of course, was the heart and soul of that team. But uh, my goodness, that te- that defense was awfully. Well, good. you know, with, everybody knows Marvin Lewis, right? Marvin led that defense. He was a defense. That's right. Coordinator. That's right. And uh, we we had some older guys um, that was had been in the system and they understood it. And the experience itself was uh, overwhelming. You know, so again, the lights. Once the lights come on, you know you. You start, you start looking around, and all of a sudden the ball's kicked up, and then you go. I had the fortune to take my wife and, and my father-in-law, and they, uh, they said, I'm not sure where they said it, but uh, I think they enjoyed it also, though. That was uh, one special, and that was such a dominating run through the playoffs that yeah. year. I think uh, you only allowed a field goal in the championship game against Oakland. And, uh, I tell you the biggest thing, though, and we're doing it now, and we, quarterbacks. Uh, not many quarterbacks finished the game. I mean, we, I think we, got, we eliminated about at least seven or eight of them. And that, you know, once you get rid of the quarterback, mm-hmm. you got a chance. Yeah. And, and, and we, we knocked a couple of quarterbacks out. Well, big game coming up for Arizona State's uh, secondary this Saturday at UCLA. But, boy, it's so great to have you back at ASU, Donnie. Thanks well, thank for coming on, man. Thank you so much. Always great to visit with Coach Donnie it. Henderson. Thank you. On this segment of All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. You know, fans, even a devil needs time to chill. Coors Light, mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Coach Edwards will rejoin me in a moment as we look ahead to the Sun Devils game Saturday at UCLA. But first... These messages on the Sun Devil Radio Network. The fourth quarter is next on All Aboard with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Thanks for joining us for tonight's show. And don't forget, fans, game day like it's the only day with a nice cold Coors Light, an official beer of ASU made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Coach Herm Edwards rejoining us now. Uh, I like the matchup of the defenses. Interesting statistic, Herm. Uh, UCLA's defense, fifth in the nation defending the run. Yes. They're giving up just 64 yards a game. Your team, fifth in the nation defending the pass. Yes. You're giving up 124 passing yards per game. So uh, interesting contrast there. How do you size up the defensive matchup? Well, uh, I think their their strength is, uh, like our strength, is they have a lot of returning players. Uh, and, and I think when you can, when you have a lot of returning players, that always helps you. Mm-hmm. And so you can do, you can do numerous things, but also the ability to adjust in a game, right? When, yeah. when, once yeah. the game starts, there's going to be an adjustment. When you have seniors that have played, mm-hmm. it's easier to get on the sideline and say, "Look, this is what they're doing. We're going to have to change this now. Uh, we're going to do something else." So that, that always helps you. Does it help that they were one of the four teams you did get to play last year in your only home game? Yeah, uh, in the fact that um, that in the fact that they <laughs> they're a West Coast team, and what we've got forty five to fifty guys on our football team that are from the West Coast, yeah. so they know the players they're playing against. A lot of them played against each other in high school. What's your message to those kids? Because I, one of your fav- one of my favorite phrases of yours is to play with. Uh, don't let uh, your passion turn into emotion, or <laughs> yeah. don't play with passion, not with emotion. And when you're playing in your hometown 
with your family and friends there in a stadium that's as legendary as the Rose Bowl. Uh, what do you have to tell these kids? Well, first of all, when we get on the plane tomorrow and we get off the bus at the hotel, uh, just make sure we understand it's a, it's a business trip. And there's business to handle Saturday night. And, and not saying you shouldn't see your family and your friends. That's fine. But there comes a point to where don't let them get into that zone that you need to be in. Right? You spend you spend a little time with your family and your friends, and then it's time to get honed in on the job at hand. And, and I think they understand that. Uh, and I'm going to talk to them about it again tomorrow when once we arrive at the hotel. Mm-hmm. How do you view this game in terms of, uh, to me, it's almost a little too early to say the winner of this game has the inside track to the Pac-12 South. But when you look at what's going on with some of the teams, other teams in your division, the winner of this game is going to be sitting about as pretty as you can at this stage of the season. Well, I think you can win one in the South. No different if you win it in the North against an opponent in that, in the South or the North. Right. You control your destiny. You control it. When you don't, then you have to wait for certain things to happen. You have to continue to win, but now you're you're hoping that maybe someone else beats them, mm-hmm. right? And, and so you need you, help. Yeah, you need help, and you get into that. You know, it's like it being in the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. In the NFL, the old saying is it's a race to ten. It's a race. The quicker you can get to ten games, you almost solidify yourself. Either you're going to win a division. Or you're getting in the playoffs. And, you know, that was always my, my message to the, to the teams. Look, the faster you can get to 10, to 10 wins, the closer you can get to it <laughs> after about eight games, mm-hmm. you're feeling pretty good, you know, because yeah. you got the numbers. If you're if eight games, if you're five and three, you're going, eh, we got a chance. You're six and two, you're going, mm, mm-hmm. we got a chance, right? Now, if you're three and five, you're going, whoa, we need some help and we got to win some games, yeah. right? So that's, you don't want to be there. The turnover margin, your team has been really good at that. Uh, this year it's even. Right. Uh, they're plus three. How do you break that side, that side of well, it? Well, we've been a little sloppy with the ball, and that's not who we are. Uh, we have generally been on the other side of it where we take the ball away. The first couple of games you saw that we took the ball away. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took it against BYU. Didn't have any opportunity so much against uh, Colorado, right? Right, They right. did a pretty good job of keeping the ball tucked away and not letting us have it. Um, but we have to be better with the ball on offense. We can't be – interceptions, fumbles, we can't do that, right? How do you see the keys breaking down? It seems to me when you have two teams that are good at running the ball, the one that has the better success establishing its run would seem to have an advantage. And it'll open up the passing game. And when you think – when we played them last year, um, it was a 10-possession game. Both teams only had the ball 10 times. It was not like a 14, 15 possession game. It was a 10 possession game. And when you break it down and you look at the 10 possessions we had, we missed a field goal. We fumbled the ball and we threw interception. Wow. So seven of the 10 we had were not good. Mm -hmm. Right. We got to stay away from that. We have some uh, interesting news on the uh, radio side this weekend. For the first time in the 24 years that I have worked with him on the radio, my buddy Jeff Van Raphorst will not be at the Rose Bowl this Saturday night, and it's for a very good reason. Uh-oh. His son, Cade, is getting married in Asheville, North Carolina this weekend. So uh, we send our congratulations to Jeff and Chris Van Raphorst, yeah. Cade, and the entire Van Raphorst family. And the added news is that replacing him as my analyst on Saturday will be none other then our sideline reporter, Jordan Simone, who oh will be making his debut oh in boy. the booth 
as our color analyst, and he is stoked, to say the least. I think he's going to save the game credential from this uh, game and uh, save it for the rest of his life. But uh, uh, listen in. Uh, we, we wish the Van Rapphorst clan all the best. We'll miss Jeff. But uh, Jordan is going to crush it as our, an analyst. Uh, we're looking forward to working with him on Saturday. And it will all begin at 5 p.m. on the Sun Devil Radio Network, our tailgate show co-hosted by Jeff Munn and Jordan Simone. Jordan will join me for the play-by-play starting at 7.40. You can hear all the action on ESPN 620 AM. And then uh, Money will have Sun Devil sound off immediately after the game. Our thanks tonight to our great engineer, Sean Crespin, to uh, Sean Mitchell and uh, Gareth Kwok from the Sun Devil Radio Network, Jeff Darge, our in-studio coordinator. Thanks to Nate Wainwright, Kyle Gray, and Marcus Aline from Sun Devil Football. And thanks to all the great folks here at the Lodge. Herm, good luck at UCLA. Good talking to you. Thank you, my friend. Sun Devil head coach Herm Edwards. I'm Tim Healy. We thank you for joining us next week's show on Wednesday night. So long, everybody.